Hey guys, welcome to Limited Podcast Season 3, Episode 66. Today's guests, Bradley and Kieran, are creatives from Wales. In this episode, they talk about their experience in the industry and what it has been like for them living with a disability, as well as we talk about the short film they are currently in pre-production for. Without giving anything else away, let's get into this episode. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Bradley. Thank you so much for coming on Let Me Port Talk podcast today. I'm so happy to have you guys here. Thanks, Zoe. It's great to be invited. Thanks for having us. No worries. So we start off with a rapid fire to um, just break the ice and get to know you guys a little bit better. Um, so you're happy to play that today? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, sounds Perfect. good. Perfect. So... Um, Whoever wants to go first, that's totally fine. Just um, shoot out and answer the question. Um, so the first question is, who's your favourite entertainer and why? Oh, that's a difficult one. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I think if we're talking about actors and stuff, I'd say Michael Sheen. Mm-hmm. Michael Sheen is very kind of inspirational to me. He's from the same town as I am in, in South Wales. And he's been in so many great films. So, yeah, I'd say Michael Sheen. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. What about you, Bradley? Yeah, um, definitely. An inspiration for me has got to be... Um, I don't know whether you heard of this person, Kieran. Uh, Martin Gerling. Yeah, no. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was, oh, he was on Welsh language kids' TV. I remember him on Welsh language kids' TV. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting choice. Yeah. So, like local artists, I really like that. That's that's great. Mm. Um, and the next question is, film or TV? What do you prefer to watch? I um, think film. I think with with TV these days, I get put off when there were like so many series you know you've got to get to eight series of something whereas a film yeah. you can just fully, fully engage for like two hours so I would I would say film yeah nice yeah. what about you Bradley yeah um, definitely I've got, to dis- I've got got to disagree with you here and um, there. I, I would say mainly um, TV TV series because mm-hmm. uh uh, favorite TV series, although it's finished at the moment, would be um, I need to catch up actually because I've got quite a lot to catch up to do. My favorite TV series that I really like is The Walking Dead. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. definitely, definitely. TV is awesome. So is film. I think um, I think for me it depends on my mood, but yes, definitely mm. could do both very easily. It's awesome to watch new things that are coming out. So that's great. Um, and the next question is um, blockbuster or independent film? What do you prefer to watch? Definitely. Um, definitely. Uh, go, go ahead, Kieran. It depends. For me, it depends on the content. Like, I'm, mm. there's a couple of good independent films I've seen recently, but then I really enjoyed stuff like The Banshees of In the Shadow and so recently. So yeah, yeah, for me it depends on, on content more than budget. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. What about you, Bradley? 
Yeah, um, definitely for me, it has got to be um like um uh, like big um definitely like big big budget because my favorite film of all time. I have a couple of favorite films, but mm -hmm. my favorite film of all time is got to be Titanic with uh Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, definitely. So that's that's a. Yeah. That's a big blockbuster one, but yes, that's yeah. totally. Of course, when it's when films are done so beautifully like that one, um, there's just no, there's no comparing that to any other blockbuster film. It's just, yeah, it was, it made history, so that was great. Um, yeah, it, it, and, get, it yeah. gets, it, it gets me, it gets me crying every time. Although you know, then then I cry at it every single time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. It's an emotional one. I I um I have no doubt that I've cried every single time I've watched it as well. So <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Perfect. So the last question is when are you most inspired? As a writer as a writer, I find annoyingly this all my best ideas come to me when I'm either in the bath or in the shower, which is yeah. really annoying because I can't write them down. And I'm like, oh, I'll write this down when I get out of the bath. And then 90% yeah. of the idea is gone. Um, yeah. But I get inspired by kind of people I meet, things I do. Mm -hmm. Just It's hard to pinpoint where inspiration comes from. Yeah, but definitely. A, a variety of avenues for me, I would say. Yeah, nice. And what about you, Bradley? Yeah, um, for me, it has got to be um very early hours in the morning. Um, for mm -hmm. some reason, um, when I can't sleep, I just think about um, I I just think about something that um, something that I can make. I'm just basically thinking about the um the like next film constantly mm. thinking about um what I can do, constantly thinking about what what stories in my life would resonate with other people. Yeah and, definitely. and bring awareness for that. Yes. That's um I feel like those are two good both answers are really like common, um, that I get on the podcast as well. So yeah, a lot, a lot have said the shower or the bath or anything like that. <laughs> so it's a place where I think you can just let your um, thoughts run wild, I guess. And um, yeah, a lot of those it. thoughts probably yeah. don't make it to an idea, but some do, and that's that's what's really good about that as well. Well, thank you so much for playing that game. Um, so I just want to talk welcome. about talk a little bit about um your journey how did you get into the um entertainment industry how did that all start from for you for you both did you know you wanted to do this from a very young age or did it come later on in your life do you want to go first Brad uh yeah yeah I can go first I I will I will answer that um question for me it's always been um for me it started off at a at a very um young age because mm -hmm. from a very young age, around Christmas time, I would always put on um little shows 
and want to be the um, center of attention in regards to my fam family. Um, I used to play a little tiny bit of piano, although that mm. that is gone now. Um, so I used to like um, write. I used to like sing songs and be a comedian and um, write. Then it progressed into I would get. Um, I would have my family help me to write um, scripts and things um, and little stories and little sketches and get them to perform them and then things like that. So that yeah. kind of progress for mm-hmm. me from me. Yeah. But then um, going from there then, I decided that I physically wanted to do this as a career. There yeah. was a point in my in my life um where um I had the taste for like um theatre and things because I was cast as um Joseph in the technical review course mm-hmm. in my um primary school production. Yeah. So I yeah. got I got a taste for um it then but then that kind of progressed into yes, I definitely want to do this as a career. Yeah. So I um took the opportunity and I did a performing arts course in my local college mm-hmm. and I and I loved it, you know, performing. Um I played lots of different roles, the Tin Man, um <laughs> Chemo in the Little Shot of Horrors. Um yeah, wow. Uh, lots of different roles. I played a zombie at one point. Wow. For, um, <laughs> yeah, for the um, for the college pantomime, mm-hmm. and then that kind of progressed um, even further. Then, with regards to, um, I got my first um, unpaid role in mm-hmm. um, in a short. In a short film, yeah, nice. um, called called the Colgate Theorem. Mm. Um, so, um, from that, then that is when um, Kieran kind of a Kieran kind of caught me if I'm wrong. Kieran, didn't you send me an email from there? <laughs> yeah. So at that point, I'll talk a little bit about my background and read it. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Tell us, tell us about your background as well. Uh, but um, from I when I was in university in the University of South Wales in Cardiff, I was casting for uh, my interview showcase. I'd written a full length play as my kind of dissertation piece. Mm-hmm. I needed a disabled actor to be in it. I was really struggling. Um, mm. So I reached out to Bradley, and Bradley agreed to do it, and that's how we kind of started working yeah. together. But I I started to become interested. To me, I'm a writer now, but I started off performing, as a lot of people do. In yeah. Wales, we, we have these things called... I stabbed the bots. I don't know if you hear those. Yeah, we, we, we have those here too. <laughs> Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I I performed, like, I said, words in school, and I started writing short stories at that point. Mm. Um, 
but I joined Miss Miss Youth Theatre based in Amford in Camaldenshire when I was about 13, 14. We oh. did a national tour of Wales of a play called Click by David James, which actually was also was also performed in Melbourne. Oh wow! Um, by a different um, company of actors. Yeah. Um, but then after that, I continued to be a part of Mess Mess, and I went to the regular sessions. Mm. When I was about seventeen, eighteen. I decided, right, I really want to write a play. Yeah. So me and my friend, we wrote a play about disability hate crime, which, mm. you know, is the first thing we'd ever written. We were 17 and we thought this was the best thing in the world. One draft. <laughs> Put this on, please. <laughs> and to be fair to SMS, they did. Mm. And it was a fantastic experience on... My 18th birthday to like see something that I'd written, performed on stage. Definitely. Um, And then off the back of that, I applied for the BA script writing course at the University Mm -hmm. of Southwest. Yeah. In Cardiff. So. Yeah. So did um that so. Did you have much hesitation to do um? like acting and performing during high school or was it always encouraged in like your country, I guess, because it's different everywhere and um, a lot of people or um, some people felt hesitant to do that during school. Did you feel like that or was it um, very much encouraged in your school and your country? I don't know how much you know about our country, Zoe, but we've got a big tradition of performing and singing Mm. And like that's how we show our national identity. Yeah. And I think that's something that Wales showcases to the world. So it was a big part of certainly my education. So I went to a I went to a Welsh language school. Mm -hmm. So all of the lessons were in the Welsh language apart from English. So it was a big focus on Using the language, you know, in drama we perform in Welsh. Mm. So I think a big part of the Welsh language movement has been the performing arts and seeing the Welsh language on on stage. And that was important in school. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wasn't in many school productions. Like, I wrote... I remember writing short plays in Welsh that um, my friends would put on lunchtime and I organised, like, when I was in year nine or ten, I organised a Welsh language comedy club at lunchtime. (laughs) So, like, things like that were, in terms of the culture, it it seemed to be all around. It felt accessible and not mm-hmm. this kind of distant thing which was which had to be in London. Yeah. It felt like there was an intrinsic Welshness to it as well. well. Yeah, perfect. And um what about your families? Are they all supportive for the both of you? Um and how 
how did you did they understand much about the industry before you both kind of got into that and um were able to educate them or were they already um quite aware of it yeah i'll answer that um question um <laughs> I, I i i'm the i'm the only to answer your question um my mum is my mum and my family are very supportive about it they don't really understand much about the acting industry and the performing arts industry and the acting industry as a whole so mm-hmm. they they have been like very very supportive um yeah. with regards to taking me to auditions for um roles and things and everything like that um giving me advice on what to do and things but yeah. i i mainly find um the the main advice that i've had is mainly um came off my friend uh, Maggie Turner, who mm. is also an actress because I have um severe dyslexia as well. Mm. But for me I, I don't I don't see that and I don't uh let that stop me if that makes sense. I yeah, kind of sure. you use that to kind of my advantage if that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um so Maggie would Maggie does and would um re- reformat the um script and everything for me yeah. and i suppose it, it it helps as well yeah um because my cousin as um my cousin has done performing arts as well so i would ask her for advice and things yeah nice so you have support um, you have really good support in people and you can um lean yeah. on people to help you mm-hmm. that's really that's really good yeah. and what about you kieran do your family quite supportive um in what you're doing and do they know much about the industry or not really they're really supportive and they always have been really supportive and mm-hmm. kind of pushed me to do whatever i wanted to do yeah but no they they're not in the industry they don't have much knowledge of the industry so it's kind of I'm the first person in my family to go into the theatre industry so yeah there's from them there's a bit of kind of trepidation because there's an uncertainty obviously as a freelancer um but no they've been really supportive and they've never said kind of why don't you get a proper job they've always been in, in what I want to do so I'm really grateful for that as well. Yeah I think it's super supportive super helpful to have people that um, are supportive of you and especially family because it just helps you keep going I mean mm. I would say um, if you didn't have your family um, as support systems would you would you have been hesitant to continue with um, this industry or do you think regardless of the support regardless if you had the support you would still be doing it absolutely it's a big fact because you know it can take a toll Mm. like mental health wise yeah getting used to rejection emails and just having someone there to talk to to like Mm. even if there isn't a great amount of understanding of the industry they get 
they get those type of things. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's really helpful. But I've never kind of hesitated in terms of the path that I'm on kind of thing. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about um, your your con- the things that you've written. Um, so I've got Kieran. You've did you've done quite a bit. Um, let's just cover <clears throat> it before we get to the short film um, okay. that we're here to speak about today. Um, but I was really intrigued of um, just reading your biography and just realizing how much you've done as well in terms of. Um, developing your career and mm. just going out there and putting on um, content, which is just really interesting to me. Um, so can you tell me about Chasing Rainbows and how that came to be um, and kind of, yeah, how you got that up and was that written just by you or was it written, did you have a co-writer on that as well? No, that was just me. So I wrote that for my dissertation piece at university in my final year. Um, so on the coast, you had to write a full-length play for your dissertation piece. So I wrote that. And the play focuses on the relationship between Dick, Jimmy and Dervler, two teenagers uh, growing up in South Wales from very different social backgrounds. Jimmy is middle class, got to support his family, but he lost his younger brother um, Mm. last year and he kind of feels like it's his fault, whereas Dervla comes from more kind of working class background. Her mum has got mental health issues and she's a young carer for her mum and her baby brother. And the thing is about that relationship and how that relationship changes and when things get too much for the Dervler, she decides that she's going to go to Bristol in England to find her dad and she's going to take Jimmy with her. Yeah. Um, but after graduating, there was a call out at Pontadora Art Centre, which is a local art centre in this Colbert. Mm. for pieces of new writing. So I submitted it, and it won that, and it won a period of R&D at Pontadale. Yeah. So we had a week working play, working up the script yeah. uh, with different actors. Bradley was in the original version, but sort of Pontadale yeah. um, R&D re- recast. Mm. And that was during COVID, so there were challenges there as well. Yeah. Um, but with really good R&D, and it's a play that I would really like to get put on in full. I tried to kind of self-produce it to get mm. on the spring, but I found lots of challenges in yeah. self-producing. So Definitely. hopefully... If if there are any Australian theatre producers or English theatre producers, Welsh theatre producers who are listening to the podcast, <laughs> who are interested in a two-hander aimed at young people, please get in touch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely there are challenges in self-producing um, for sure, and I feel like um, when the stuff that you've done that I've read, you've you've really backed yourself. Like the special ones is a uh, 
TV show that is going to be commissioned and what is that about as well and well, how, how did you get to that um, stage of that process? So I was on a course called the Ollie Lansley Mentoring Scheme run by a charity called Wild Child who mm-hmm. based in London and they support artists mm. in England, Wales and Scotland from like underrepresented backgrounds. So mm. I applied to this course and as part of this course I had to write a play and a TV pilot. Wow. So after going through a process of redrafting, uh, we got the opportunity to pitch to production companies mm. and Tiger Aspect were interested in optioning it. Mm. So that was super exciting. And then with Tiger, I went through the process of redrafting the pilot script and creating a treatment. And we sent it to Channel 4, who rejected it, but gives me really positive feedback. Yeah. We did a writer's room um, last year. Mm. So we're hoping to push it out a bit more this year, but the piece is a comedy about a disability football team in Bridgend in South Wales. And I think there's a lot of comedy uh, disability. Mm. I think people may be afraid to talk about it a bit. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I think think that's what it is. Like, I think it's um, people being afraid to definitely to say the wrong thing and I think what uh, both you um, and Bradley I think what you guys are doing is really important because you're not you're not shying away from um, the disability aspect of things and um, if you don't mind I'd love to hear a bit more about um, each of your disabilities and um, kind of just to raise awareness I mean this podcast is all about um, I guess at the end of each episode, I usually raise awareness to things, but I thought like we could kind of um, include it throughout this episode. Um, so if you just wanted to talk about that, that would be amazing just to make people more aware. And um, also do you, also just to add a question onto that after you explain um, about your disabilities, do you find that people pigeonhole you because you do have a disability? <laughs> Do you want to go first, Beth? Because I've spoken a lot. Um. Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, so the disability that I have is cerebral body. So that uh, cerebral body comes in um, a, a numerous different forms. The, the cerebral body that I have means that um, I, I can't walk, or I can walk, sorry, to be... To backtrack, I can walk, but not um like not I can walk, but okay. I need um so then I can only manage um short di- short distances, and that's why I have another I rely on electric wheelchair to get me from A to B and things and help mm. with regard to transport and things. Yeah. And I also have um severe dyslexia, which is is basically a, a pain in the backside for me because um 
although I don't let it stop me, it can sometimes when I'm tired and things, mm. or when I'm reading a reading a script for a role for an audition, it can sometimes really affect me because um, the letters and the letters and uh, numbers and things jump about. So yeah. um, what I find helps me with what I find helps me with regard to that is um, bl- um, blue paper. Um, so instead of only white paper, it is blue paper. And then the text is printed on that. But I also use a range of other pieces of software, like on my phone. Mm-hmm. I have um, Grammarly, and I also use a piece of software called um, Line Learner, because with me, I find listening to it help, helps it stick in my brain better, and then I can yeah. go from there then, with regard yep. to everything else I need to do, with regard to... Um, with regard to the like the acting of it, so answering the questions that I need to answer within the script and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Do you find that you get uh quite? Do you find that people are judgmental or um pigeonhole you as an actor and in the industry because you have a disability, or not really? People quite accepting. I mean, I came across it before where I had. And I'm not gonna mention any names or nothing. Mm. I've come across it before uh, on online platforms where I've had um, people kind of um, take the nick up to me, but then I've mm-hmm. kind of um, kind of stuck up for myself or kind of my my friends because some of my friends in the industry like Maggie will kind of like stick up for me and things. And you know, I like I when people challenge me, I like to put them wrong. Yeah. Um, just I do agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a really good um, statement. I think it's so true when people try to um, tell you you can't do something, you're more inclined to prove them wrong, wrong and wanting and want to do what they say you can't do. So that's that's really awesome. I really like that you have that mentality and you haven't let people that, try to put you down or try to tell you can't do anything get in the way of what you're doing because yeah um it's just it's really important that have you know I also have a disability so it's really important to have people Mm. like us out there and kind of representing people that can't represent themselves and don't know don't know how to get out of that um to get out of their own way I guess um what about you Kieran what what is your disability and have have you found that people have pigeonholed you because of it as well? Um, I've got CP, so palsy, uh, same um, condition, sadly, but a different form. Yeah. But I, I identify with something that we use in the UK. You may not use it in Australia called mm-hmm. the, social, the social model of disability. So the social model of disability dictates that a person is not disabled by the condition that they have, Mm. but disabled by the barriers that society puts in front of them. So if those barriers didn't exist, I'd still have CP, but I wouldn't be disabled, if that makes sense. And I think that's really, really important 
to understand within all contexts. Because, yeah. the, say for example, I had a meeting on the fourth floor of a building and the lift is broken. In that situation, I'm not disabled because I have some palsy. Mm. I'm disabled because the lift is broken. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think there is a lack of awareness mm-hmm. within the industry especially. Yeah. I think it can be difficult to recognise tokenism mm-hmm. um, and when some companies are very well intentioned and they're really in it for the right reasons and promoting disabled voices because they want to increase that representation. But tokenism does exist. Yeah. And I think when you're building relationships with people, mm-hmm. professionals, you've got to realise, right, why are they doing this? Um, you know, I think there's a danger that disability representation could increase in the short term. But yeah. what we want is a sustained increase in disability representation. Because we're still seeing non-disabled actors playing disabled characters on TV mm. and the theatre. Um, and that needs to stop, in my opinion. And mm. also, it would be really lovely to see disabled characters in stories which are not about disability. Yeah, um, 100%. I think they still don't, they still haven't kind of gotten a grasp onto that yet. Um, they've been, mm. you know, around the world, they've improved and, and moved multiple steps forward with other things um, that were underrepresented. But I feel like with this, uh, with disabilities, uh, it's it's still kind of um, something that they really haven't touched on as of yet. I don't, I don't see many of many people with just actors with disabilities playing just you know your normal community person in the community like just a normal character they always have to have something attached to the storyline absolutely and i think that comes all what we should be aiming for comes from getting more disabled writers Mm. to have their work produced you know getting those pathways in place um, and encouraging the asking of questions, mm-hmm. but also knowing that if you want the work to be authentic, um, employ disabled writers, employ disabled creatives. Yeah. And if 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 you're not disabled and you want to write a disabled character, have conversations with people, ask questions. I'm not saying you can't do it; you can do it. But do your research first, because there are so many examples where people have got it wrong and yeah. can be really damaging. Definitely, definitely. Well, um, thank you for informing us on um, the disabilities that you both of you guys have. Um, and okay. you, you really, you're really taking it to the next level with everything that you're doing and um, this next project that you're both um working on together is also really interesting did you want me do you want to tell me a bit more about the short film um and the listeners about what it's about and where it's at at the moment um 
and what you need uh, for people to help support you as well. Take it away, Bradley. It's your project. Yeah. It's your baby. Yeah, de yeah de definitely. Um, so, first of all, I should really um, mention some background on how this uh, short film came about. So, basically, yeah, this short film came about on the back of an on the back of the Empowering the Art program, mm -hmm. because in the Empowering the Art program, one module was um, to write a monologue, and then the monologue, um, with the help of one of the tutors, we progressed the monologue that we had to write for the Empowering the Art mm -hmm. program into into a, uh, the Bradley's Letter project, and then from there, that did we. I needed to find a a scriptwriter in Wales, and that is when I approached Kieran. Yes, and uh, pitched Kieran the idea with regards to the Bradley's Letter project. Told him all all about it, and then from there we kind of um developed the script even further but just to go back on the previous point i am and i gotta be careful not to cry now but i am so thankful for the um scholarship that i won um to do with the empowering the artist course with yeah. after because without the training that i had with after yeah they they've given me the tools and pushed me even further to physically make this, uh, um, to physically go out and make this wow. short film. So I have so much admiration for um, Jess, Robbie, Kate, um, mm -hmm. all the mentors and tutors, but but mainly um, Robbie, um, but mainly um, Robbie, um, because Robbie is my kind of um, role model, mm -hmm. because has dyslexia so that kind of clicked in my head well yeah. if he's got dyslexia and he's following this room there's no reason why and achieving his aspirations there's no reason why why you can't and i just really oh oh after everything for that yeah um so i just want to say a big thank you to all the um staff and all the tutors of after and the left and everything because without without them mm -hmm. um they that me being and winning that scholarship has pushed me now to create um to create bradley's letter short film yeah and i just want to say a big thank you as well to kieran because he's been oh, like and I'm, I'm gonna stop getting emotional yeah. Um, but he, he's been... <laughs> so, so what is the yeah that that's incredible that you um got the scholarship and everything at empowering artists as well and there those guys are super super supporting over over there so i can only imagine um what they helped you with which is amazing what is this short story about just for people that aren't um aren't aware of it what what is the short film about um and where are you at with the short film at the moment? I know that you have a GoFundMe up. Um, do you have any ideas yeah. as to when you are going to film this uh, short film as well? We yeah um yes 
Um, I can answer that question. Mm-hmm. The short film is about a um, is about a love letter that I have that I have written um, because I really um, love this um, person and have so much admiration for this person because he helped me um, with regards to bullying and he's been there. He, it's a true story what happened. Yeah. He, He's been there um, with regards to helping me through everything um, with regards to bullying, coming up with certain um, certain solutions and certain um, ways to deal with the bullying and mm-hmm. everything like that. And it's mainly um, me expressing my um, love towards him. That is mainly yeah. what this letter is about. Um, yeah. Because I what? can't physically tell him in words. Yeah. What I really liked about it when I first read it, the original draft that you had, Brad, was that there was a sense from Bradley's character of wanting to say something, but yeah. not being able to, not being able to find the words. Mm-hmm. I think we all, we all felt like that within relationships. Definitely. Like, or, Potential relationships. Mm-hmm. The way it was written, even before we did any work on it, you used to tell that it come from somewhere deep, somewhere very personal. And I think this is a very personal story for Bradley to be telling. And I'm just chuffed that I could be involved as a script editor. Yeah. Um, because it's been a really lovely process, just going through and redrafting and you know, you've done really well with it, Brad, so you should be proud of yourself. Thank you. Oh. And, I just, and I just want, want to say thank you to you as well, Kieran, because um, <laughs> the, uh, that's the first person that I think of, and I'm just thankful that you, you've taken on this project and helping me with regards to the script and everything. So I just want to say a big thank you, and I've got to be careful not to cry yet, but I just want to say... <laughs> A big thank you to you as well, Kieran. That's so okay, I've enjoyed it. Helping me and everything as well. This is great. I I love the support. I really, I really love hearing that you guys are so supportive of each other and how much, um, how many people that have just come together to bring this short film to life. So, are you um, filming this in Wales and have 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 you started the filming pro- process or is still um, kind of raising funds for it at the moment? We are planning to film it in Wales, hopefully <laughs> in the summer, but we're still in the process of raising funds to be able to do that. We've had preliminary conversations with Steph Thomas from Octagon Directions. I'm developing work with Octagon. We're making a pilot for... S4C, which is going to be made in a couple of months' time. So I spoke to Steph about Bradley's film, and he said if we can raise the money, they'd be more than happy to be involved. So it depends on the success of this GoFundMe campaign. But hopefully, hopefully we'll, um, we'll get it sorted. And what's your current goal, um, that you need to reach for the GoFundMe? Yeah, our our current goal is three thousand uh five hundred, 
we've currently raised uh, one thousand and thirty pounds. Thirty pounds currently. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you you kind of almost there, but not just yet. But hopefully, um, hopefully. Yeah. Once people hear this podcast, I really hope that um, if you can, you. if you're listening, to make a small donation can be like five dollars, anything, um, and just help contribute to make this short film um, because I think feel like you've really put your um personal experience like for the world to see so i i feel like you deserve to be able to go out and make this film the best that it can be so hopefully that people around the world can get um get behind you and really support the film mm-hmm. i Thank think you. it's really it's really brave of you bradley to be putting yourself out there like this it's something that i couldn't do I hide behind fiction you know making fictional characters but this is something you've been through and I think that's really brave so I admire you for that thank you Peter yeah it definitely is really brave so I really um yeah I just really hope that people get behind it and know that this is like a personal love letter to um you know even not even just basically to the world as well because you're helping other people really um, come out and be their authentic selves. So just by you doing this, it's going to help so many more people and break so many more barriers um, that people have um, against people with disabilities and things like that. So I think it's really um, important. Um, But thank you guys for coming on the podcast today. Um, I really do appreciate it no worries and i wish you the best of luck with everything that you're doing um the project together and also your individual projects um that i'm sure you're you have that are boiling at the surface so i really um yeah i'm i'm very proud and hopefully in the near future we can have you guys back on you can update us on everything that you've been doing post short film absolutely thank you thank you Zoe. Just very quickly, I just want to make the the listeners aware that if they want to donate, Mm -hmm. they can go to GoFundMe.com and search for Bradley's letter, or alternatively, they can visit my link to account. And under, there's a section on my link to account called Short Film, Mm -hmm. and um, the link is also on there as well, so if they can donate or share the campaign. Any, yeah, any, for sure. We'll, we'll definitely put that on our um, links on the episode as well. So that will go out to um, the platforms that the podcast is on, which is almost any pop- um, platform. So it, the link will be there for them to click onto that and uh, make a donation if they wish. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and you guys have a nice evening because I know it's about 8 p.m. or 8.30-ish around um, in Wales. So you have a nice evening and, yes. yeah, good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us on whatever podcast platform you use. And while you're still there, please leave us a comment, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you.